Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by RxBar. For 25% off your first order, visit rxbar.com slash get it and enter promo code get it during checkout. Hey guys, it's Ashley. It's Lauren. I thought we were introducing ourselves. And it's Naz. Okay, so we think it's funny that we introduce ourselves every week and Lauren says it's because she and Naz apparently sound alike. I think that. We just got messages and people don't yeah. know who it is. People really? never yeah. know if it's me or Lauren. Because we both monotone voices. So before we move on to today's topic, we do want to talk about this new, very exciting collaboration that we have with JustFab.com. I'm sure you guys have seen their commercials. They are very like shoe-based, right, Lauren? Very I feel shoe-based. Like you, you I've shoes had a, a JustFab account for a while now, and we are very excited to be working with them. And I'm sure if you're cool and follow us on Instagram, you saw us doing our photo shoot. And I kind of slayed the photo shoot, honestly. She did. You She's did. been watching so much America's Next Top Model that... Like, <laughs> <laughs> Not only can she take a really solid picture of me or anybody else these days because, like, she learned angles and shit, but also she can take a really great picture for herself. She looks freaking bomb. I know, but she also looked amazing because we got all, you guys, we got all these clothes from Just Fab, which was amazing for the collab. And what was really cool is that they, like, came to us, like, to curate their Galentine's collection. And, like, how many items? It's, like, over 30, right? Over 30 items. items. And your first one is $10. And we want to hook you guys up because Valentine's Day is such a fun holiday to dress up for. And it doesn't matter if you're, like, going out with your friends or you're, like, or you're having, like, a Galentine's Day with your friends or you're going on a date. Like, literally Just Fab is justfab.com is the place to go for like any outfit shoes accessories i love that i thought that they came to us for like galentine's day because they're like oh the i don't get it girls they are so galentine's you know what i mean i know and we're doing a facebook live with them which is so exciting but what's amazing about just fab you guys is you can literally get your first item for just ten dollars if you're a vip right ash how does it work how do you become a vip this is how you're going to go shop our collection which it's all it's all cute. It's all Valentine's Day themed, you know, in colors. Um, you go to www.justfab.com slash I-D-G-I. Justfab.com slash I-D-G-I. First, you're going to take a fun style quiz. Then you're going to get a personalized boutique. And then you're going to shop and you're going to become a VIP and you're going to save. It's that simple. VIP members get a new boutique every first of the month and an exclusive member 30% off all pricing all the time. 
Um, more perks that you're going to get as a VIP in addition to the 30% off retail pricing with your VIP membership. Um, you're also going to get member-only access to VIP-only events and promotions and personal styling services. So basically, all I'm saying is go to, you know, justfab.com slash IDGI and then shop our collection. And then when you're about to, like, check out, do do all the things you got to do. Yeah, it's and very the quiz minimal. is super fun, too. Yeah. You find out what Galentine's BFF you are. And we'll talk about which ones we are on the Facebook Live when we do it on yeah. February 2nd. But let us know what you guys love about it. Justfab.com slash IDGI. So today's topic is something that I cannot believe after a year we haven't discussed. We did have a urologist on to talk about UTIs and such. But we've never had a gynecologist on like we have today answering all your sex and body questions. So we had you guys send in all the questions that you feel too awkward or embarrassed to ask your own gyno. And uh, we starred the most interesting ones. And we're going to ask her so you guys never have to... Not necessarily the most interesting ones, but probably like a lot of common ones that you guys probably all have the same questions about. All the questions. Yeah. And if we didn't answer your question specifically, it's probably because someone already asked and we're just, you know. Right. Or we couldn't get to it. And truly, you guys know how we work here. If you guys are fans of it and you want more, we're always willing to do a part two. And what's really exciting is now you guys have one place to give us all your feedback and talk to other people that listen to the podcast because we officially have a Facebook group. Thanks to actually one of our listeners. Her so name is necessary. Courtney. How fucking nice is so Courtney? Nice. Slid in the DM and she's like, can I make a Facebook group for you guys? Because obviously, I don't know if you guys listen to Off the Vine, but Caitlin Bristow started one and it's just such a good idea. So if you guys look up I Don't Get It podcast on Facebook, you can now, all you have to do is answer three questions to join the group so you can give us feedback and then you guys can talk to each other about all the episodes and tell us what you love, what you hate, and just talk shit about us. Yeah, and we can respond <laughs> and we can get podcast ideas from it, all the good stuff. Yeah, I love it. So let's talk about gynos, guys. Okay, okay. well, Nats has a male gyno. Yeah, I don't know how she does this. Yes. I think we may have brushed over this before, but I literally have no idea how you go to a male I, gyno. So I, what, what's the gyno that we're calling now? She's a female. She's a female? Okay. Yes. So mine's... Is she a female? <laughs> yes, she is. <laughs> oh, did I say she? No, I said what is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I cannot have a female gyno. What? Because I feel way more comfortable with a male gyno because they're... I feel like all the male gynos' bed behaviors are amazing and they're... They don't judge you. Like, I feel like females, like, are very judgy. I actually understand that. And I that. feel like I've said this before when we had the urologist on, maybe. But I don't want to tell a female gynecologist, like, oh, yeah, so I just had, you know, because they're always like, oh, so who's your partner right now? And I don't want to be like, oh, it was a one-night stand to a female. And the guy never cares. They're very, like, fatherly in a weird way. They're like, it's going to be fine. You're going to be okay. And I like to get close with a gyno that is going to um, deliver my children. And so Dr. Tahiri and Dr. Harvey Richmond at Cedar sinai both are most likely going to deliver my children. And they know what my vagina looks like. They know everything. <laughs> they know everything about me. They know every guy I've been with. And I never feel judged. And I love I can that. understand being with the same gyno the, your entire experience. Because with ours, I also imagine her being the one that delivers our kids, even though right. she's in Virginia. Right. I'm... But, like, I don't want any other person. Like, she's already been looking at it since I was 22. So, like, let's not... 
try to get anybody else down there mm-hmm. in, in like a in a medical sense. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, but yeah, you guys wouldn't feel comfortable having a guy. No. Uh. Uh-uh. I wouldn't. But I also understand the not not judgmental because they probably think all vaginas are beautiful, but women are like that one's gross and that one's ass and that one's ass. Like not Doctor Wolf Lauren. Okay, I've never had Dr. Wolf look at my vagina. Lauren and I go to the same practice, but for some... Well, I, of course, had to, like, make sure I will never go to any female in the practice, only the one that my mom's gone to for, like, the past 20 years. Lauren... I go to her, like, counterpart, which I just always happen to get. And <laughs> so you like, wanted the Dr. Wolf? I want Dr. Dr. Wolf, but I just never get her. What do you her? get, like, an a RN or something? Mm-hmm. No, she gets, like, the other I woman the in the other. practice. It's, you know, like, how sometimes, like, you go to a dental practice, but yeah. then, like, any of them can it's really like, check on you. Get. Yeah, it's like Russian roulette. Yeah. That's well, so funny. That's this when, and that's probably why I haven't gone in a way too See? long. See? So, Lauren should get a mail on. No. I, she sh- I don't know. I don't know. I love having Maybe a Maybe this one. one we're talking to will become my guy now. There you go. That'd she lives in cool. Minneapolis. She was um, one of the ABC affiliates in Minneapolis, uh, their go-to health expert. Oh, that's so awesome. that's so really great. I thought she like, knows how to talk. versed in this that's stuff. That's amazing. Right. Well, the reason why I like having a male guy now is because <laughs> I would be too embarrassed sharing this story, which I think I've like shared with Ashley, but I haven't shared with Lauren fully about how I took my first pregnancy test this month. A lot of firsts in 2018. Why would you be weird telling a female this? I'm so confused. I I remember you told me this story. I know this story. Yes. Okay. I know the story. Well, I I first off need a female because like they really understand the stuff going on because they experience it and they've had kids. That is so true. Yeah. I don't know. You can't deny that. No, I totally can't deny that. Yeah, it's like I have cramps and they're unbearable. They're going to be like, well, you know, it's like. They don't even know what cramps feel like. Yeah. They don't know what a contraction yeah, feels like. That is very, very smart, Ashley. But I would like to call her and ask her a couple questions. Okay, but, we uh, are. But Naz wants to I wanted to share this story with you guys. So I to- totally thought I was pregnant. This is going to lead to one of the questions I asked the gyno because I had sex with someone. and then, But it was in the period of time where I had finished my birth control pack and I question. hadn't picked up my new one yet. So I know a lot of people listening, it's like those like weird days where you just haven't picked it up yet. And I oddly feel like that's the time when you're ovulating, but I also have it's no idea. It's not when you're ovulating, <laughs> but, but it's interesting. No <laughs> it's like if I don't have to take that week of sugar pills, right? So... No, it was after the sugar pill. Uh, like I finished the entire okay. pack. Oh, you, t- the, you took finished the entire pack. Finished the entire pack, and then it was like those three days in between before I went to CVS to get my. Oh, Naz, nice. that's dangerous. That's what I'm saying. So I think yeah. it's when you're ovulating. I so, want to know the sugar pack. The sugar pack uh, or the sugar line kind of alludes to the fact that you are not currently on birth control for that week because that is your right. period week. Right. Can you? But you can technically get pregnant on your period. Technically, technically. I mean, can you? It, I don't know. Yes, you ask one. It's a very low got. percentage, but it's possible. So, so whatever. So, I thought I was pregnant, and I've never taken a pregnancy test. But I also thought I like wasn't. And everyone at work was like, "Naz, just take it because until you get your period, you're going to be freaking yeah. out every day if you have it, and it's just like a little bit of money to have assurance that like you're not going to have a child." So then I was like, no, 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 I'm not going to do it. And obviously, just said that at work, so like no one would ask me like if I do get it. Right. And obviously, on the way home. I like go to a Rite Aid and I go to the counter and there are all these different prices for the pregnancy test, 
which is so fucked because like, why are some $20? Why are some $70? It's like, which one's going to tell the truth, you know? So then it's the one that the clear results, Lauren clear likes getting blue because, because you know, like, I will confuse if two lines is good or two lines is exactly. bad. Exactly. And then sometimes <laughs> motherfuckers have smiley faces or sad faces. And I'm like, no I way. And a smiley face means you are pregnant. And I'm like, I, that is very confusing because I don't want a baby. I know. A baby, like right having now. a child. Yeah. We're at that age where when someone's like, I have a baby, you're like, are, is this congrats, congrats? or do, is this really bad? Yeah. Like, I have no fucking congrats. At this age, it's more, congrats. Yeah. it's more. Ashley, we are oh, the same, same age. age. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> what a mind boggle. Ashley, Lauren and I are 27. Anyways. Um, no, Ashley, I would be freaking out. I know that you would be. Anyway, so guys, so I just end up going for the middle. I get like a $20 clear blue one, the line. I didn't know there was a pregnant, not pregnant one. And so I go to the cash register and I buy it and it's like so fucking embarrassing to buy. I don't know why. And then I like mosey my way over to like the drugstore makeup that like Ashley loves and I like pretend to look at it. And then I walk <laughs> over to the bathroom and cause I was like, I'm doing this here, right here, right now. Like I am not staining my home bathroom with like whatever information and emotional trauma <laughs> that this good. is going to give me. Very good. So I go to the Rite Aid bathroom. It's like, obviously you guys know, so gross. It's like mm. literally like, I don't know. It's like a prison bathroom. <laughs> So then I'm like sitting on, so I take the thing out of the box and I like pee on it and I peed so much and I look down and I realize I didn't take the plastic applicator off, like the blue thing off to pee on the, to pee on the stupid, you were like, she's never done it before. So she just thought that was what you peed on. So I go, oh fuck. So I take the plastic applicator off and then I start trying to squeeze pee out, but I have no Pee left. You need like a steady flow. I have no pee left. It says stream on it for like 10 seconds. And then a little bit of the strip turned pink. So I was like, this is default. Like, I'm not going to use this again. So I leave. I get in line and I buy another clear fucking you. blue pregnancy and test. And a water. And a water. <laughs> and I leave. And I'm like, where am I going to take this test? So I saw a McDonald's on east side of LA. I'll never so forget crazy. this. And I'm like, McDonald's is a very happy place. Like, this is a great place you would to associate take a McDonald's test. along with being pregnant the rest of your life. That'd I, be good. McDonald's be good will for her. never in my life have a bad connotation ever. <laughs> McDonald's is America to me. The founder's like one of my favorite movies. Anyway, so so I go in and I'm like, this is the happiest place to take a pregnancy test. It's fine. If I'm pregnant, I'll get I'll have a McDonald's burger, which I've never had. And if I'm not, I'll get a giant McFlurry and it'll be fine. And so then I go to the bathroom, but it has a stupid keypad on it because it's East LA. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. It's like one of those McDonald's where you have to buy something. So I get in line and like, yes, there's a line in this McDonald's. And no. you have your little bag. And I, and I get bag. to the front of the line. I'm like, hi, can I have like a chicken nugget, like kids meal? And they're like, I'm like, by the way, what's the, um, the, the code to the bathroom? And they're like, oh, it's open. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Oh my God. So the anticipation's building. I go in, I pee on it. I take the applicator off. They, they say, wait three minutes. It's the longest three minutes of your life. It says not pregnant, and I got a giant McFlurry that day. There you go. Yeah. I wasn't pregnant. All right, guys, we have to stop for a moment to tell you guys about our new obsession and our literal new favorite sponsor because Valentine's Day is coming up. And let's be honest, it is the hardest thing to shop for a guy and to get something that a guy actually loves. So introducing mancrates.com, the only place to find truly awesome gifts that guys love. And I'm being serious, you guys, you won't even believe how cool these crates are until you take a look. And you will never understand how much this helps us women buy gifts for guys because it's literally the hardest thing ever. No, we really like mancrates. Yeah, now is there 
there's no cheesy mugs or cologne samples in these crates, you'll find some really cool gift collections for every type of guy, sports fanatic, home chef, outdoorsman, or musician. These crates are seriously cool. You can even Open have the crate with to, a crowbar. You hope that's how, that's how manly, <laughs> that's how they, manly are. they are. They're really like made for like the men's man. Uh, they have a cool NFL barware crate, a whiskey appreciation crate, and a really in really cool Valentine's Day gifts like the jerky heart or the salami bouquet. They have a ton of five-star reviews, and they guarantee that your man will be satisfied. So go to mancrates.com slash getit, G-E-T-I-T, for 5% off. They don't offer a discount code anywhere else, so get your 5% off right now at mancrates.com slash getit. That is mancrates.com slash getit. And your man is gonna enjoy, promise you. Well, let's get your answer with Dr. Clayman on whether or not you could have, like, could how been risky pregnant. that was. Exactly. That, how risky that was. Exactly. Hi, this is Shannon. Hi, Shannon. Should we call you Shannon or Dr. Clayman? <laughs> yeah, Shannon. Well, I suppose Dr. Clayman is fine, but Shannon is what everybody calls me. Oh, so either oh. way, yeah. Hello. Well, this I, don't, I don't make people call me Dr. Clayman, so. <laughs> okay, well, we'll call you Shannon for sake of it just being an easier name to say. This is Ashley. Hi, this is Lauren. Hi, Ashley. And hi, hi I'm Naz. So do you want to give our listeners a little just background of, of you, how long you've been in practice for, um, your media experience and all that? Sure. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, my name is Dr. Shannon Klingman, and I graduated from medical school in 1997 and did a residency in OBGYN. Uh, finished that in 2003 and then practiced for 10 years in Detroit and in Minneapolis and then when my youngest son, who is, uh, let's see, when he was one and he's now nine, so for eight years, uh, I have been home and running a business, which I started off developing Lumi deodorant and has now finally launched. We got through the whole product development and patent process, and now we launched this product in October, and I'm all in full run CEO of that company. So that's what I, that's how I'm using my medical degree now, making lot, women's lives better through odor control. Okay. Well, we do want to get back to your product in a bit. Uh, I know that Lauren has a very specific question regarding your product and how it could help her in certain circumstances. Certain circumstances. But before you, we got you on the line, uh, Naz was telling a story about how she recently took a pregnancy test. Shannon, I um. So this is my question to you is if I, if I finish my birth control plaque and that's including the last week, the placebo pills, and then I forget to get my new pack, like in two to four to five days, like if I'm lazy and I don't go to CVS to get my new pack, um, Mm -hmm. one, is that bad? Two, if I have sex in that week, like... You know, can you I get, am I ovulating? Do I have a very high chance of getting pregnant? All the things. Well, there's definitely a possibility that you could ovulate. So then ovulation with, you know, obviously if there's exposure to sperm, pregnancy can happen. Uh, but usually what happens is the first day of your menstrual cycle, if that's day one and you're on placebo pills for seven days and then you don't. Uh, take anything for how many days, like five days after that, Mm -hmm. Um, you're looking at 12 to 13 days where you could have an ovulatory cycle that month. And sperm can live, you know, inside the reproductive tract. 
you know, we usually say not much longer than three days, but there are probably some champion bionic sperm that have <laughs> lived longer than that. Um, so the best thing to do is, you know, this is what I would recommend is that you don't take the placebo pills at all. I if don't somebody- actually, I lied to you cause I got nervous. I never take them cause okay. I feel like they're like one calorie. I don't take I don't them eat. either. And so, yeah, but when are you ovulating them. then, Shannon? Like, when do I yeah, ovulate? Yeah, if you're on the pill, like, what is the week technically that you're supposed to be ovulating, quote, quote? So when you're on the birth control pill, the whole point of the birth control pill is to suppress ovulation. Yes, so you don't do re- it. So you don't ovulate. But from the time that you stop taking your active pills, and then if you were to go, you know, if you were to say not take your placebo pills, but you're just waiting. So you're, you're just spacing out the time and then you don't start your new pack on time. Your, uh, your ovaries are starting to recruit a follicle at that point for ovulation. And for some people, you know, on average, we say if someone has a 28 day cycle, they're going to ovulate on day 14. Uh, but the way it works is from the day you get your period, you count back 14 days and that's when you ovulate it. But when you're on the birth control pill, mm-hmm you're basically giving your body an opportunity to jumpstart your ovaries and, and recruit a, a, like a, a follicle or an egg to be released. Uh, and so, I mean, it's, it's risky. So what I t- would recommend is that you, you know how you'll like skip the placebo pills and then just wait a week and then restart your mm-hmm. new pill, your new pill right. pack. Just jump right into your new pill pack. There is absolutely oh. no reason why you need to skip that week. You don't need to bleed. The birth control pill stabilizes the lining of the uterus and keeps it it keeps it, uh, uh, the estrogen and the progesterone balance keeps you from bleeding. And then when you stop your active pills, it disrupts that uh, stability and then you have a little bit of shedding. But you don't need to have that bleed in order to be healthy. The, the lowest dose birth control pill is probably what you're on right now. And it's very safe to just continue to take an active pill. And I would especially recommend that for people who tend to forget to take pills. Um, and so like what I did when I was in residency, I mean, I was, I had like a pack in my car. I had a pack in my purse, a pack in my bathroom. And I just knew I took an active pill every single day. So I, so that I just never had a period and it was nice. Okay. So that's totally fine and healthy because I thought it was an okay thing to do. If you're going on vacation, you do it like maybe a month or two throughout the year. It's, it's perfectly healthy to do it all the time. As long as you If you're healthy enough to be on the birth control pill at all, then you're healthy enough to skip those placebo pills and take it regularly. What if you have like endometriosis or like fibroids? Isn't it good for me to have my period because I already have like lesser of a chance of bearing children? Uh, Well, endometriosis is something that if you are on hormonal suppression of any kind, so it could be the birth control pill, it could be uh, like a Depo-Provera shot, uh, or the patch, or the NuvaRing. Uh, but if you're on a hormonal manipulation of your cycle, you're actually suppressing that endom- those endometriosis cells, and it's actually a good thing. Okay. Yeah, so you're not giving your bot, your ovaries a chance to kind of, re- you know, to uh, stimulate the, that tissue. So I have two more pill questions. Sorry, we could have done an entire episode on the pill. <laughs> um, well? So during the sugar pill week, just saying that we're going to continue doing the sugar pill week, uh, are you more susceptible to getting pregnant that week? Well, if you're, there are stories of women who say that they've gotten pregnant on the pill. If right. women are taking it as directed, the chances are nearly zero. I'm just going to call it. 
<laughs> so okay. my friend had women. a child on the pill is like the most terrifying, beautiful thing for her. Yeah. Most terrifying news for me. <laughs> yeah. The child is stunning. Thank God she had it. It's st- stunning. Child. I would, I would say the longer you, the longer you go with spacing between your packs, the higher the likelihood that you would have an ovulation. But even being on the birth control pill, it makes the endometrial lining pretty hostile to an implantation. Mm-hmm. So it's so pregnancy is is unlikely. Now it's not zero. I know there's people who will say, "Oh, you're wrong. I got pregnant on the pill." If people are really honest with themselves, most of the time when I would talk to my patients who have gotten pregnant on the pill, they'll say, "You know, I am a little sporadic." in the way I take it. And the birth control pill is not something you want to be sporadic about. You want to try and take it at the same time every day. And I think closing that window of placebo pill usage is, is wise too, if you're somebody who's extra concerned about that. So many questions. You just brought up another one. Can you... T- okay, so I don't take mine at the same time every day because sometimes... we had this argument that you kind of do. And I said that I just do it before I go to bed. I do my, mine's like so different. Like, cause sometimes I'll leave it at home. So then sometimes I'll have it at night and other, t- but normally it's within the same three to five hours. Okay. Yeah. Same okay? Me too. yeah you're fine. That's totally fine. You're good. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Great. I'm just, you know, playing Russian it's roulette more with establishing. my vagina. <laughs> I don't take anything. <laughs> I can't believe you're not God, on damn it. That is terrifying <laughs> when you really say it out that loud, Lauren. Terrifying. Um, wait, I have a question from our listener. Okay. Um, it's on a completely other topic. Um, I think we got the pill stuff okay, down. I guess I'll, I'll just text um, her about my other private okay. concerns. So this girl <laughs> remaining anonymous, she just got tested for herpes and was tested positive. Oh, and God. she would like to hear from a professional how embarrassed should she be? Is it really that big of a deal? What advice do you have? Do you, uh, since her positive diagnosis, her ex and her have broken up and she's terrified to date again. Oh. How will she bring it up to her next partner? Oh. This is a per, this is amazing. Oh. Shannon. Well, there's a primary breakout period. First of all, I, I think that if we, if we, when we stop and think about it, most of us have been exposed to herpes in our lives unless you were a virgin when you got married and you've never had sex with another person who also has never had sex with another person, um, there's chances that all of us have been exposed to HSV and we have antibodies to it. And some of us never even have that initial outbreak, uh, but we might have antibodies to it. So I would say that if she actually has had a lesion that was cultured positive for HSV, but she only, if it was like one tiny lesion, um, she probably was exposed to it some time ago. And then she just had what we call a recurrence. A primary outbreak is where you'll have multiple lesions. Um, it can be uh, more painful. The lesions tend to um, kind of blend together. So it looks like larger ulcerated areas um, on your bottom. And so without knowing her history and how she presented more than likely, uh, the, it could be a new outbreak if she if she would describe it as what something she wrote that was, was. I'm strongly guessing it was passed on from my ex boyfriend as I was tested for herpes in March and it was negative, and then had an outbreak in September oh. and then po- tested positive. Ugh. Yeah, so that's what. Yeah, so most likely she's absolutely 100 percent correct. So what she needs to do is talk to her doctor about going on an antiviral suppressive therapy. You know, she doesn't need to. So what we'll often do is if women are sexually active and they want to minimize their chances of having another breakout and thus transmitting it to a partner, um, they need to be on suppression therapy and their doctor can help them pick out the best one uh, for them. The full disclosure part of it is honestly, 
it's a tough conversation to have. But when you get into a relationship with somebody, the most important thing is once you're going to have that talk is to have them tested too. Because if they've been exposed to it and they have antibodies to it, you're not going to, you will not now cause them to have an outbreak. Uh, and so if they have a have previous exposure and they have never had, a, meaning they have antibodies, but they've never had an outbreak, uh, the chances are that their immune system has now suppressed that okay. uh, and that it won't be a problem for them at all. Shannon, but if, it break- if they're negative, th- th- they can go on suppression. Th- their uh, partner can then go on suppression therapy too and diminish their likelihood of having it transmitted to them. So can you only get it? Can you only get herpes if you're exposed to an outbreak, someone with an outbreak? Well, no, not necessarily. Actually, people are that are HSV positive are shedding the herpes virus 50% of the time, even though they don't technically have an outbreak. Mm. Uh, So it's just that it's same thing with oral herpes. You know, even though they you see those people with those big shanker lesions on their lip and you think, ooh, stay away. But quite honestly, you can get those from someone that doesn't appear to have an outbreak, but their body is still shedding the virus. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. I was going to say, Shannon, it's so heartbreaking for me to hear um, this listener's questions and the fact that her boyfriend broke up with her. Cause I have a friend um, who went through a similar situation. And I think the emotional part of having herpes Ugh. is so much worse. Yeah. Um, yeah. Since you're in the field, you know, is there any cure you think down the road one day? I think it's possible that we could have a vaccine for it, much like we do for the um, human papillomavirus, uh, the virus that's responsible for genital warts and cervical cancer, vulvar cancer. Uh, I think that it's it's likely that we could come up with a with a vaccine for that. Yeah, that, it's like chickenpox. You know, that's a type of a that's a that's a t- that's the same type of virus, and we have a vaccine for that. All right, guys, I have to jump in for one second and tell you guys all about my favorite Beachbody On Demand. It is an online fitness streaming service, and it gives you guys unlimited access to a wide variety of highly effective world-class workouts. And lately, I've been really craving like quiet time and relaxation, so I've been enjoying the yoga classes. But if you guys personally are looking for something like more challenging and intense, they have things like P90X, Insanity, 21 Day Fix, and T5. Yes, I love that you can customize your workout and that they have many levels of difficulty and I need the easier ones because, you know, I'm not a big workout person, but I can work out at home using my iPad or even my phone. It's great. You definitely need to give this service a try. Right now, our listeners can get a free trial membership when you text get it, all one word, no spaces, to 303030. That is 303030. You will get full access to this entire platform for free, all the workouts and nutrition information for free. Just text get it to 303030. Now let's get back to the show. That HPV vaccine, is it a myth that you have to get it like before the age of 24 or something? Uh, I think that it would be helpful at any point. I think the idea is usually these things are like regulated by the government and the government looks at statistics and they say, what are the chances that somebody is going to not have ever been sexually active by the age of 24? And here in this country, the chances are really slim. So it's more that they're trying to capture people and get them vaccinated and immunized before they would have exposure to the virus. Hey, Uh, this is really awkward, but online, in line with that. Oh, I was going to say, what about like pimples? Like, what? Like, yeah, I have actually have a question from someone that says, is pimple in the air, is a pimple in the area normal? Yeah. That's what they asked. Oh, yeah. 
Most, like if you have a pimple on your, on your vulva or yeah. down there between your legs. Yeah. yeah. You know, we're really hairy people <laughs> and those hair, basically it's an, probably a folliculitis where you, you know, like if you ever shave or wax, then you get that kind of a breakout or a bump, you know, with a little pustule on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's very common. Um, and some people actually are prone to acne on their backs or on their face or on their chest. And some people are prone to it on their butt. It just has to do with genetics and, you know, a lot of where you're... on my butt, honestly. Yeah, you really? used to have that. Wow. Yeah. Um, it's like, I'd rather have them on my butt than my face. Amen. Right? Absolutely. Uh, going back to the HIV <laughs> oh, co- um, conversation, uh, we have a question from our listener, and she says she's very excited about this segment because she lives in a very private household. Therefore, Aww. her awkward questions aren't usually answered. Aww. So she goes, two years ago... Um, she went to her last gyno visit and she asked us not to judge her. Um, her gyno told her that she had irregular cervical cells, which is most likely HPV. And her gyno shrugged it off and said, if it's HPV, it'll work itself out of your system and not to worry about it. So what she wants to know is how serious is it that I go back for this purpose to see her for cells changed? And should she be telling all of her sexual partners that she has HPV? Um, I think that HPV is something that is so prevalent. You do, I don't think you necessarily need to disclose HPV that. HPV is so stupid. So pre- I mean, we got it on and our the, feet. And We've by the way, the I shot mean, does not work. <laughs> it's only one strand or a couple strands. Of the yeah, shot covers, that's right. That's why it's ineffective because all my friends got the shots, all got HPV. <laughs> yeah. But it also affects yeah, them in it, no way in their life. Right, and the, and so and really, we're trying to protect women against the the uh, more aggressive strains that would then potentially lead to a malignancy. And so HPV is the same thing that causes like, you know, planter's warts on your feet. It's exactly the same. It's just a different type. Um, So I would say that if sometimes when we see like these uh, atypical cells on a pap smear, they're going to go away. Okay. I mean, it's something like, you know, she could follow up in a year, but if most of the time that's going to return to normal. And that's why we are actually less aggressive about intervening with those uh, like soft calls of atypical cells. And even when we see that, the C-atypia, uh, you know, you, you would recommend that she comes back and get another pap smear in a year and just follow it. Uh, the chances of an atypical pap smear like that type of a pap, like you're describing, turning into a malignancy in the next three years is pretty slim. Okay. Um, so her doctor said basically the same thing. Mm-hmm. And she yep. shouldn't and worry the- too much. Right. Yep. And so PAPs are not a perfect test for screening for cervical cancer. In fact, they can miss abnormal cells. And that's where I I have to say that I don't agree with the new guidelines where they're telling women, you know, you don't need to go in until you're 21 and, you know, just go in every three years as long as they're normal because of these things. You get exposed to different partners. Our lifestyles are different. What if that pap smear was wrong three years ago? Hmm. You know, what if they, the doctor just didn't get a good sample? Uh, so I think it's always good to get in and see your doctor, you know, annually, you know, every year and a half, minimum two years. Uh, and especially if you're somebody who's had multiple sexual partners to get tested. Uh, it's an easy screening test to do. And it's the best defense that we have. All right. I got to go back to the doctor. Yeah, you do. okay. um, <laughs> we got another question. <laughs> Um, it, she says she keeps getting yeast infection after yeast infection, and she wants to know how to prevent it and why she's getting it. And then she says she uses Cetaphil body wash daily, and I think she thinks that's good. I don't know what that means. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about soap down there because that's a, that's okay. a big hot topic. Nobody knows whether to use Vagisil or not. Yeah. Well, I have Summer's some pretty Eve. strong opinions about that, I'll okay. tell you. 
Um, this has been kind of my my life's work. Well, people who have chronic, who have been told they have chronic yeast infections, I always uh, I will tell you that doctors overdiagnose yeast vaginitis about seventy three percent of the time. Okay. So so what I always say is if a, if a patient goes in, if you're coming in going into your doctor and you're complaining of an itch, I mean unless they're doing a culture or they're looking at vaginal discharge under a microscope or they're staining it and they know 100% for sure that this is a yeast vaginitis, they need to know uh, what they're treating, how best to treat it. And I would say that if she has recurrent yeast infections, I question, is she accurately diagnosed? Number one. Number two, um, has that just, if she did have a yeast infection, has she ever been effectively treated? So is this just like, it kind of controls it, but it doesn't get rid of it. And then it just pops itself, pops back up for her. Um, but these body washes, they're really not much better than just using a shampoo. Shampoos that you use on your hair have a pH of about seven. Uh, some of them might be a little bit higher. These body washes are exactly the same. They're sodium lauryl sulfate. It's shampoo for your butt. Uh, so the only feminine thing about it is really the branding, the name, the color on the bottle, um, and the chances of the Cetaphil being the problem for her is probably not slim. I doubt it's making it worse, and it's probably not really working to make it better either. So if we don't use that, then what do you use? Just nothing? Just water? Uh, I think, well, you could, no, I actually think that it's good to use something because there's usually some, you know, dead skin cells and debris and maybe some solid waste, period, blood, you know, hmm. the discharge, um, that it's not a bad idea to use a soap. I usually recommend a natural soap. If you can find somebody like farmer's market type soap or walk into a store like Whole Foods or your local co-op, handmade soap is going to have a pH that's lower than these body washes a lot of the time. Um, like the soaps that you get, um, oh, like, you know, if you were going to use like uh, Ivory or Safeguard or something like that, Unilever, uh, those are detergents. Those aren't even soap. That's a sodium lauryl sulfate detergent. Um, but when you buy handmade natural soap, you actually are getting the nice fatty acids and the glycerin and the moisturizing properties of it. And so as long as you're rinsing off really well, I think that's great. All but right. as soon as you, you, but you're only as clean as the moment you step out of the shower. You know, have you ever taken a shower and then you get halfway in your day and you go, man, I showered, but I can kind of notice a little bit of a funk. Yeah. Or am I the only one who's ever noticed? That? <laughs> <laughs> I always smell good. Of course. All right, guys, I'm going to have to pause this for a second because I'm getting really hungry and I've been hungry since we started this podcast and we've just been going all day and I haven't gotten a chance to eat. So I actually keep finding myself in situations like this. So RX bars are perfect for me to keep in my purse or in the car so I can just grab a healthy snack wherever I am. RX bar is a whole food protein bar so it's made with 100 whole ingredients the core ingredients do all the talking it is simply like eating three egg whites two dates and six almonds there's no bs with this bar um and even they even do that on the packaging just no bs which is what i love i know it's so funny and I, what i love about it is it totally comes in handy like after a workout so like every time i go boxing you guys this is my go-to snack it's an rx bar because it's a great source of protein and my personal favorite flavors are the mixed berry and the maple sea salt it's so good okay so for 25 percent off your first order visit rxbar.com slash get it and enter promo code get it g-e-t-i-t during checkout we all love them you'll love them too okay 
back to this gyno talk. Shannon, I have a question from one of our listeners. Uh, moving on to the more interesting questions about the vagina. Um, <laughs> hi, I'm on antidepressants and they don't let me have an orgasm. I'm in the mood all the time, but it's so hard to get satisfied. This is the second kind of antidepressant that I have tried and both give me the same results. Need help. It's so true. I don't know what else to say about that. I mean, it's just Damn. a it's a side effect. So the best thing that she could do would be to talk to her doctor about what her options are. Something like Wellbutrin or Effexor is going to have less in those side effects, more so than a serotonin reuptake inhibitor like Lexapro uh, or Prozac or Seraphim or those types of um, SSRIs. Um, but she is absolutely right. I don't know. It's, it's really unfortunate that that's the case. The other thing that I would recommend is that she start introducing some toys into it mm -hmm. because sometimes what it is, is it's not so much the libido. It's just getting to that point where it actually feels good. And so if she's comfortable using vibrators that will help, uh, help her better, you know, achieve orgasm sooner. And, uh, I'm, I'm all for it. So and then that leads to the second follow-up question I have that a lot of people ask me questions about, and that is just orgasms in general. Like, how can I achieve an orgasm? How do I know if I've had an orgasm? Hmm. <clears throat> I always am a little taken back by that question when people say, how do I know? Because, I mean... I know you, it's like saying, I just sneezed. How do I know I just sneezed, right? It's like this overwhelming, <laughs> it's like, Oh my gosh. So I would say if you're asking the question, you probably haven't. That's um, what they used to tell us in like sex ed in high school. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of like the best feeling in the world. It's like if it could just last. I mean, it's so much easier for men than women to achieve orgasm, first of all. And what happens is for men, I mean, you know, they can do it, in, you know, 10 strokes and they're done. But for women, it's like it, it takes time. And so I think getting prepared and getting there, uh, and that's where I think that um, it's good for women to understand how their bodies react to touch. And that's why I think vibrators are such a good thing for women, especially if they're questioning whether or not they've ever achieved it before. Um, but the, you really, for the most part, you need clitoral stimulation in order to get to that point and to achieve an orgasm. And the question of whether or not there's a G spot right, just right up inside the opening of the vagina, up towards your bladder, about a third of the way up. Um, I think that there is some truth to that. Um, Kegeling is something that can help. And so those, those are the types of exercises that strengthen your, your pelvic floor muscles. Uh, but I would say she just needs to get really comfortable with her body, maybe practice alone and then practice with a partner. Um, this other girl wants to know why she's not getting wet with her boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> I think she said that she's like... She should get astroglide. She's really attracted to him. She said she still can't get wet, and she's wondering if it's because she's on birth control or something she's doing yeah. day to day. Yeah, is it possible for your vagina to dry up? Well, it's like um, birth control <laughs> effect, right? Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, because birth control birth control minimizes the estrogen stimulation of all your tissues. That's... I mean, it works in conjunction That's with progesterone. Why Lauren's having such amazing sex. Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> <laughs> Full but one of the side effects is last that. night. You literally <laughs> just said you're not on birth control five minutes ago. Oh, right, 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 right. And okay. that's literally yeah, yeah, yeah. what she said. Sorry, I thought you were so just, you just called your fucking self out for using a cock ring. Loser. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Mom and dad don't look at this. <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah, don't idiot. be on birth control, everyone. <laughs> 
I'm getting off birth control. Fuck that. Okay. I'm just like, continue. I'm going to let God do its thing and see what happens. (laughs) Lauren, you're so screwed. So we have birth control effects and we have antidepressant effects. Okay. Yeah. Birth control pills are definitely minimize the the lubrication and also the cyclic nature to it. Like what happens around the time of ovulation is you get this surge in estrogen and you'll notice an increase in your uh, vaginal discharge and also more swelling of the tissues. You tend to become a little more responsive. Uh, When is that? What part of the pack? It wouldn't be, uh, wouldn't be a pack. Oh, not in the pack. Not if you're on the pill. If you're on the pill, you don't ovulate. But if you're not on the birth control pill and you're just naturally cycling, as a, a premenopausal woman who's ovulating, around that time of ovulation, you'll notice that your discharge gets thicker, uh, more like egg white. It's very clear, stretchy, uh, and a little bit slimy and slippery. And those are all good things that then you know reflect that your tissues are more engorged and you're more responsive sexually. It's easier for you to achieve an orgasm. And when you're on the birth control pill, it's like you're at the you're at the PMS stage of estrogen levels, like the entire month. What in the so, actual fuck? I know what. I Shannon, know, can I get off of it for a couple of weeks and try this out and then get back on? Is that unhealthy? <laughs> you can do that. Yeah, you. Don't, right. I mean, there's no problem. You just have to use other other forms of uh, birth control and protection. But you know, you should be using protection anyway. Uh, you know, from other STDs. But let's say you're in a if you're in a long-term relationship and you want to test your, you know, go off the pill and see what your natural cycles are and use condoms until then, um, just to see where your, you know, the time of ovulation is and experience that, I think that's totally fine. Okay. Check it out. This is like the most TMI question ever. Um, some of us at this table have like a solid amount of discharge and the other ones don't have barely any. Mm-hmm. Gotta know what's, what's normal here. I mean, color. honestly, yeah, everybody's normal. I mean, unless unless you're noticing, like, they'll say, like, does your discharge have an odor? Do you have itching? Do you have burning? Those types of things. But here is the honest way to tell if your discharge is normal or not. If you, you stick a clean finger up inside your vagina, pull it out and look at it. If it's white and creamy or clear or even just a slight yellow tinge to it, totally normal. If you pull it out and it's like dark brown, um, has like a greenish hue, or if it's chunky, like they say cottage cheese, but it's almost, yeah, it's a little like cottage cheese, but it's not, I mean, if you're getting cottage cheese discharge, that's a really bad yeast infection. Mm -hmm. Most people are like, it's like, what took you so long to come in? That's really bad. What about spotting? Because people discharge all the time and they say it ruins their underwear. And I don't think that's normal because that doesn't happen to me. Yeah, that's interesting. Is that normal, Shannon, or no? Because I'm like, what is all this discharge that people have that I don't have? Amy Schumer talked about that discharge and it made me feel so Lauren and I felt so much better about the Amy. We were like, holla, so funny, relatable. <laughs> you know, discharge is just a little bit like, you know, how some people just have um, drier skin than others or different, you know, if you're on the birth control pill and your discharge is going to be minimal. And if you do have some, it's going to be thicker. But if you're just a normal cycling woman who is not on any kind of hormonal suppression for ovulation, you're going to notice ebbs and flows of discharge in your cycle. The first half of your cycle, it's going to get you real, you know, start to get heavier. It's clear. It's stretchy. Mid-cycle, right around the time of ovulation, it gets pretty thick. Like you can feel like, my gosh, did I just get my period? You know, it can actually be that heavy, and it's not abnormal. So, uh, usually, discharge doesn't stain your underwear. Uh, it should wash out, but it definitely can, you know, give you some white, crusty, uh, clear 
you know, amount of discharge that's, that's visible on your underwear into. for sure. And that's normal. Speaking of <laughs> all that stuff down there, a lot of people ask questions about like, you know, is pineapple, can pineapple juice really make my stuff taste better? Like, is oh my that gosh. true? Keep it all out of the vagina. Oh, do not. No, 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 Drinking, like drinking pineapple juice, does it make you taste better down there? Uh, You know, some people will say that you are what you eat, but I can honestly say that, I mean, think about this, this, what this, what has to happen here. It's like you, when you ingest like pineapple juice or apple cider vinegar, it's going into your stomach, which is like a hundred times more acidic than that compound, than that juice, right? Then it's got to go through your whole metabolic cycle, you know, get into your small bowel, your large bowel. And it's not like these, the pineapple juice just starts flowing out of the pores, you know? Um, So I'm not really, and I don't, I don't really buy into that so much, but, uh, so I thought you were saying douching with pineapple juice. Okay, wait, Shannon, we had a, we had a porn star on like a couple months ago and she was swearing by douching like she was like everyone i don't care what they say you definitely have to douche and, and we, we said, were all we like said, psa this PSA. is coming from a porn star yeah so um no douching absolutely not right absolutely not and okay. in fact i i'm i'm actually going to do a story on this i think this is very pro- profound and nobody has ever talked about this before do you know who started the whole talk on vaginal odor and saying the like feminine odor who? the company no lysol You've heard of oh, Lysol, yeah, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Wow. We are all controlled by marketing. Yeah. So in the early 1900s, Lysol started this ad campaign that actually showed women um, with their husbands le- walking out the door with a suitcase. And the, the ad would say, like, um, she was the perfect wife. She kept a clean home and she was a wonderful cook, but she couldn't keep her mimsy clean. <gasps> Only someone had told her about feminine hygiene. And then it said, next time she's going to try Lysol. So Lysol started, you know, mind screwing up these women's minds, feeling like this was something that they needed to do. And then it started a whole industry, the entire industry of feminine high. That's where Vagisil comes. I mean, I, I have this whole view on it's an industry where women have been fed a bunch of bull believing that the vagina is to blame i mean if you just walk to into a pharmacy you'll see how to control vaginal odor it's like if you have if you go to the bathroom and you notice a little bit of odor most people think it's their vagina but the vagina is not to blame the vast majority of the time and if it is then you need to go see somebody Mm -hmm. We talk about confidence a lot here on the I Don't Get It podcast and how much of a difference it makes when it comes to the millennial lifestyle, the way you carry yourself, the way you date. BioClarity is clinically proven to clear up acne blemishes and help maintain clear, confident, there's that word again, skin without all the harsh side effects of other treatments. 90% of clinical study patients reported clearer skin and would recommend it to friends. I am a friend to you guys, and I am recommending it. It helps minimize pore size, fight acne, reduce redness, and soothe skin. You know that it's always a complaint of mine. Plus, it's cruelty-free and vegan. So put your best face forward and go out and conquer the world. Just go to bioclarity.com. My listeners will get their first month for only $9.95 plus free shipping. That's a $20 savings, and it comes with a 100% risk-free money-back guarantee, but you need to enter my code GETIT, G-E-T-I-T. Go to bioclarity.com and enter the code GETIT, bioclarity.com. 
So as an OBGYN, I noticed that women were coming in and complaining of BV. Do you guys know what that is? Bacterial, no. Bacterial vaginosis. Oh. Okay, Lauren. There you, you go. You, ding, ding, ding. I think Lauren should probably tell you about this one experience before you go into it. I just had... Okay, okay. so my... Twice, my twice. What my vagina was smelling abnormally terrible, and I had got, I was having sex with a guy, and then I was like, "This is unbearable for me. I can't even imagine what it is for him. It was odd. It was terrible." And then I had sex with some other guy, and he like couldn't get hard, and I'm pretty sure it's because it smelled bad. But anyways, I ended up going to the doctor like two months later, and um, she was like, "Oh my god, if it smells like that, you have vaginitis or vaginosis." And then I took whatever the medication. Five days later. Smell like a fucking daisy. So I'm all yep. I'm all for like, you know, just going your gyno and checking out if that smells normal or not. But yes, people there's absolutely. some people that get bacterial vaginosis all the time, right? Like there's some women that are really prone to it. Uh, there's certain risk factors for it, but what I what I have found is that when women notice that odor uh, like you had a new sexual partner, like what yeah. was going on, you know, um, would, if you didn't have a sexual partner for quite some time and then you have a new sexual partner, um, you're exposing your body to these basic fluids like semen, number one. And what, ha- what can happen is you, the semen actually, the, your vagina serves as a reservoir. The semen leaks out of your vagina, comes into contact with bare bacteria on the outside of your body. So like what's commonly found in our GI tract. So our butts, you know, our anus or rectal perirectal area. Uh, I don't know how else to say it. That's what it is. Uh, But the bacteria then, they start to replicate like as the day goes on and they digest these bodily fluids. But what I was able to prove was that that odor is indistinguishable from the odor that forms with BV. So these women, so you go into the doctor and you say, I noticed this odor. You are 61% of the time going to be overdiagnosed with BV, mm-hmm. when really it's just an external problem. Uh, and then sometimes, you know, but it is something that if you notice that you have an occasional odor, and I'm talking like you have sex on a Friday night, you wake up on Saturday, you get up to go to the bathroom, you sit down and you kind of notice just a slight off odor, like a slight fishy odor. You go downstairs, you make coffee, you have breakfast, and as the day goes on, you notice that that's worse. For some women, if that's a new sexual partner with them, they assume, oh my gosh, this guy gave me an infection. And if they go to their doctor complaining of it, they're going to be more likely to be diagnosed with BV when really what it is, is just that semen is now on the outside of their bodies and it's mixing with those bacteria on the outside. Are they not showering? Um, well, you, well, either, well, the vagina is kind of a reservoir, you know, so that fluid just leaks out. And even if you shower, you get in the shower and you scrub up with soap and water and you rinse really well and dry off. We're never completely sanitized. So those bacteria just keep replicating. And that's why odor tends to worsen as the day goes on. So if it's like knock you in the face odor, like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, this is like you, you're describing that. Like, yeah. this is something is not right. Then you absolutely need to go see your doctor and get that checked out. But for those day-to-day odors that happen as the day goes on, you know, working out, um, we have our period. So there's blood that comes into contact and there's a lot, you know, more hair down there and bacteria and those bacteria digest the blood cells and semen. And then if you've had a few babies and you, you know, leak urine when you cough, sneeze or laugh, you've got that in the mix. And there's just that kind of funk that we get as women from time to time. The vast majority of the time, that's just an external uh 
re reaction that is when bacteria combined with bodily fluids, odor forms. And so the product that I created is Lumi deodorant for underarms and private parts. And it started off as a deodorant for feminine hygiene, just that you use externally. You do not use it in the vagina. Mm -hmm. Because what, what we realized was that, that those odors that women get every day are indistinguishable from the odors that women have when they actually have a vaginal process like BV going on. So women were being overdiagnosed with it. So it allows women to discreetly manage like their odor concerns at home. And then when we had it clinically tested at Princeton Consumer Research in St. Petersburg, Florida, they were shocked at how well we did as a natural deodorant. We're aluminum free, we're baking soda free, we're fragrance oil free, we're vegan, we're leaping bunny cruelty free. Uh, and we're water-based, so we wash out of your clothes and we don't leave a residue behind on your skin, that when they tested it on people's underarms, they said, hands down, we've tested every product. This is hands down the most effective natural deodorant that they've ever come across. And so that formula that I created as a gynecologist, I'm like, it took a gynecologist to, to cure, you know, swamp ass or, <laughs> you know, this like uh. funk that women get from, from time to time to, to also create the best natural deodorant for underarms. And so we're really creating a whole other category because it's a deodorant that can be used from head to toe. People can use it on their feet. Oh, so nice. spray? It's a cream. It's just a lotion. Like a, cool. It's a cream that rubs into your skin. It is um, scented with essential oils, lavender and sage. And so it has a nice herby, earthy essential oil scent to it. But essential oils fade. So it's not a long-lasting fragrance that's going to, like, gum up in your clothes or stick to your teeth. You know how some of them are so strong. It's like they, you, don't, you can't wash them out. Um, Lumi, it, because it's water-based, it washes out of your clothing. Amazing. So it's been, a bit of, it's been a, bit, a bit of a myth buster for women because there was a study that was done that showed that when women go into their gynecologist's office complaining of, uh, of, of just a vaginal complaint that they are 61% overdiagnosed with BV 61% of the time, and they're overdiagnosed with yeast infection 73% of the time. So a woman probably could just guess and get it right more often than her doctor. Mm. That's what this study showed. So if a woman thinks she has something going on, you can try something like, like because you're noticing an odor, try Lumi. And if Lumi helps... You know, after a few days, then you're good to go. I but if you're thinking noticing, of like the selfie light, yeah, me too. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to take a picture. Of Lumi. It's a nice name, Lumi. Yeah, yeah, Lumi is the you. name of um, uh, selfie light. Yeah, there is. Yeah, it's, yeah. I think they spell it with an I, maybe, or maybe it's an E. How do you spell but there's, Lumi? Uh, that's L-U-M-E. And they can find it at what website? Wait, that's literally uh, the same as the no. selfie lights. L-U-M-E-E. -E. No, it's that's unless. -E. -E. Oh, okay, yeah. that's crazy. So you can yeah, find this deodorant where? Uh, so we sell online at lumideo.com. It's L-U-M-E-D-E-O.com. So lumideo.com. And it comes in the typical Propel stick. It's a cream that comes out of these little holes that you rub onto your underarms. And then you, if you want to use it for private parts, you just dial up the cream, swipe the top with your fingertips and apply it. Cool. And then we have an airless pump, just like a cosmetic airless pump. And you dispense like a pea size or a plump pea size amount. But lasts a really long time and we're clinically proven 48 hours of odor control which for an aluminum free deodorant that's like remarkable um there was one girl who wrote in and her boyfriend is not comfortable having sex on her period and she's been trying to do this for the past two years with him and he's just not having it <laughs> what do you tell her 
It's just him. You can't She's force gonna him to go I do question. I Why did we waste a question on that? Talk to your boyfriend yeah. or break up with yeah. him. All right, I have another one, actually. Um, so this woman is on Nexaplon. Is that is that how you pronounce it, Shannon? Yeah, it's what goes in. It's the one that you goes under your arm. I've been on mm-hmm. Next. What is that? Next planning. What is it? It's just a hormonal implant. It's an implanted device. Yeah. Okay, she's been on it for a year, and she's been spotting pretty much the entire year. Um, it's horrible. Should she go to the doctor about it? Leave it, since it's a very common side effect of the birth control. And then she's worried something's wrong in her vagina. And she also asked, you know how we can feel the lumps on our breasts? Is there a version of that for your vagina? Very good question. Uh, for feeling lumps in our vagina. Well, there, some, there are some women who get these um, mucosal or you know fluid-filled cysts in the vagina. So if she's noticing that, then she'd want to ask her doctor about that. Uh, the other thing she can do is she's been on it for a year. It's not likely going to correct itself. She could try putting in a, like a Mirena IUD and let the two of them work together for about three months and then pull the, the um, Nexplanon in her arm and then just keep the IUD in. And that's another option for her as well. Ooh, that thing in the arm freaks me out. Oh, mm-hmm. um, it's last, not for everybody. I, I can't question. say it's for me. <laughs> um, what is the best way to remove vagina hair? That's a Pubic very hair. common question and one that we should definitely have answered. Yeah, so vulvar hair. So when we talk, when women talk about the vagina, you know, that's like the potential space up inside, and yeah. on the outside is where the hair is. That's the vulva waxing, hands waxing. down. Yep. Okay. Scared. And the first but I'll time, yeah, the first, if you've never had it done, trim first, take it down to like a quarter inch and then go in and have, I would suggest like go wide. So first, like just do like the basic bikini area. Mm-hmm. And then as you get comfortable with your waxer, cause believe me, some of them are a lot better than others. Uh, then just start moving in until you get to where you have, you know, removed as much as you want to remove, but don't do it all at once. Okay. I reckon. Yeah. And make sure you trim first. Final question. How much luckier are men than women as far as their bodies go? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I don't know. There's something about being a man that I think would be pretty boring. You know, when you think about it, it's the like fact one that we can have, or two. We can make humans is so fucking cool. I, know. I don't think I want to give that up. Whenever I think, yeah. like, I'm like, it's half them. How is it even half them? Yeah. It should be, like, at least 75% us. That's <laughs> what I used to think when I was younger. I'm like, it was, I was in mom, so I'm more mom than dad. <laughs> I mean, you think about, uh, I know, and when you think about it, though, as women, I mean, we cycle, like, the moon, you know? We're pretty impressive creatures. We're the center of the family. I mean, we have all, we have the capability of growing and, and feeding a human i mean it's unbelievable planet earth guy being like and the woman is the most remarkable creature on this planet but here's the part i don't understand (laughs) why is it that women can't have orgasms like men i mean can you imagine after all of this after all of that complication that we have to go through I mean, what in the world? That's why men and women don't understand each other. I think it's the number one reason why. Because I think if it was easier for women, we would be, you know, maybe we'd be more like men. And Or if it was more difficult yeah. for men, maybe they'd be more like us. I don't know. It's so true. That's why we don't care to go have sex with everything out there. Because it's not like it's like it's not as amazing for us as it is for them. Isn't it interesting the way, like, the way they get off is absolutely not the way that we get off. Like, it doesn't have to have any penetration for us. Yeah. 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 Yep. Fuck the penetration. 
That's like all for them. Which is like really rude. Yeah. Well, I never thought that a Q&A with a gyno would make me want to not be on the pill anymore. But thank you, Shannon. Yeah, thank everything. you so much. This was amazing. And I love talking to you guys. It's so informative. I'm sure we're for sure going to have a part two. Right, I'm guys? sure. Yeah. I'm sure we didn't cover like even a quarter. Of yeah. What we we have so many more questions, yeah. but um, obviously right. we want to give you the time to answer. all. Thank you thoroughly. for coming on. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Wow. That was so informative. I literally want to get off birth control. Now. We could like have done an entire episode on the pill. Your sex will be better. You're I'm so sure. right. You'll I, be easier to have an orgasm. You'll be wetter. I think it's so true. That sucks. Mm, that sucks. All yeah, right. but then you'll be more anxious because you'll be thinking you're going to get pregnant. Well, now I know how to take a pregnancy test. And it all came full circle, you guys. <laughs> it's it. All right. All, all right. right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you like this and you want a part two, well, demand it. <laughs> Tell um, us in the Facebook group. Join yeah. the Facebook group. I don't get it podcast on Facebook. Yep. And tweet us as usual. And rate us on iTunes, and, and we love you so much. Follow me on Instagram on Lauren AI because I'll be posting pictures tonight. And I'm also on the cusp of 30,000, and I really want that. Yeah, and follow <laughs> me on Instagram, too, so I can catch up to Lauren as Perez. Okay. And I think I'm fine there. Thank you very much. Thank Goodbye. You. Bye. Bye, guys. I don't podcast. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.